Listening to Clone Dance Party Season 1, Episode 3, Variation Under Nature. We get to learn more about Allison and a lot more about Cosima while an assassin stalks Sarah thinking she is Beth. I'm Bob. I'm Liz. I'm Lynette. I'm Janice. And I'm Katrin. Welcome, Welcome Katrin. Katrin. Hey, Hi. here. Could you tell us uh, how much of Orphan Black you've seen, how you got started watching it, and about your podcast, where it can reach you on the internet? All right. I have seen all of Orphan Black more times than I'm willing to admit. I got into it because my best friend, who has a tendency to recommend really good TV for me that I will not listen to her for like several months, she started recommending Orphan Black like almost a year ago. I finally started watching it in May of this year, just in time for season two, which was actually nice. I didn't have to do the whole waiting thing. But yes, I've seen it all many times because this friend told me to watch it, and I did. And uh, I am a newbie on a Freaks and Geeks intro cast called McKinley Cast, uh, where we talk about Freaks and Geeks. And you can also... Check out my Tumblr at uh, funnierthanpolonium.tumblr.com. Newbies, don't do not do that. <laughs> Thanks for the warning. <laughs> okay, so this episode was written by Graham Manson, who's one of the showrunners. This is the last episode he's going to write until the season one finale. It was directed by David Frizee and has a rating of 0.4 which would get it canceled on almost any other network but BBC America. Okay, so, Lynette, as you're the newbie, uh, what were your impressions of the episode? <laughs> it was fantastic. <laughs> it was great. I mean, so much information, and it was just, I don't know, I'm in love with this show already. I don't know how it gets such low ratings. It was just really awesome. I mean, right out the gate, I mean, we find out, you know, when she came, when she was... How, what her childhood was about, everything, you know. Cosima, we found out all kinds of things about her. Really cool. It was really cool. It was really awesome. <laughs> mm -hmm. And what did you think of the new character introduced at the end? Oh, I'm intrigued. And I'm wanting to know why, what is on her back. Is that something she carved in, somebody carved in there for her? Or, I mean, is somebody going to sprout wings on us here pretty soon or what? <laughs> <laughs> Mm -hmm. She's definitely got the creep factor down perfect. Yeah, I had told people who followed us from the Dexter cast that there wouldn't be as much serial killing on Orphan Black, <laughs> but there certainly wouldn't be none. <laughs> yeah, she's, she's definitely got a a bad case of wanting to kill people, uh, kill off uh, clones there. And, you know, I don't know why, because she looks like one herself. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... It's another character that you're not going to mistake for any of the others anytime soon either. Mm -mm, mm -mm. She's definitely got the psycho stuff down good. <laughs> yeah, she does. And 
For those of you on Facebook, I posted a picture of a woman that had tweeted to Graham Manson with her seven and nine year old daughters dressed up as Allison and as the killer. That was really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that's what it was when I saw it. I said, oh, those are nice looking kids. I'm going, because I hadn't seen the killer yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> Raises some questions about parenting, but well, it was a nice picture. <laughs> it was cute. Katrin, can you remember what your impressions were the first time you saw this episode? I believe I was actually looking as I was watching this, I was texting the friend who told me to watch it, and I was looking through those today. And I believe my first thing was, how is Kasima so much hotter than the rest of them? <laughs> Felix agrees with you. <laughs> uh, and then that was pretty much it until the very end, like, when I was like, wait, a clone is the one killing them? This just got so much more interesting. I was already very interested. So that was my... The killer one definitely made an impression where I was very surprised and very interested to learn more. Hey, Liz, did you have any impressions at the time? The character of a crazy blonde clone had been spoiled for me, okay. but I didn't know that she was killing them. So, like, I was waiting to see the crazy blonde clone, and I thought she was just unhinged. So when I saw her and she was the one going after them, I like I had to pause it for a minute and go, wait, hold on. <laughs> what just happened? Why? What is she doing? But some of the growing up Catholic with catechism, the Psalms uh, and the different Bible passages that she's circled so far that we've seen, I feel like kind of gave clues as to what's going on with her a little bit, or at least what her not altogether their brain could be thinking. But yeah, I, I had a really hard time with the fact that it was a clone killing the clones, like, when she first pulled back her hood. Yeah, but her brain is interesting because it's very she interesting. is leaving all these clues, and she's careful enough to not leave fingerprints, and she did the voice modification thing. Yeah, yeah, no, her her brain is a very interesting specimen that I think Cosima would have fun studying. Jadis, <laughs> <laughs> what did you think? I don't think I remember a lot of my first impressions. I will say this. She became my least favorite clone. So Allison had been my least favorite clone, and now she's on her way up. Because, uh -huh. she's, because she's, got, she's got some serious competition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm sure I was, you know, the first time around, I was, I, I was as shocked as, as everyone that, that it was another clone trying to kill them. And... I guess the impression you get after the second episode is maybe there's some sort of conspiracy or something with the people who actually manufactured the clones. And now you wonder if it's just this one unhinged clone that's doing it, you know, that's doing it and why that is. I noticed that they introduced uh, this clone's characteristic sound. This clone doesn't seem, doesn't have music. She has her own sound, which is this screech, mm. which I heard for the first time when um, Art and Sarah are in the apartment. Mm. Yeah, the me metallic, yeah. screechy, almost feedback type noise, yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I just remember being thrilled at seeing a lot more of Cosima and, and getting to find out more about that character and more about Allison. 
And then the ending was like a complete surprise to me that it was a clone. I think in the feedback, Rachel says that she, like Liz, had also been a bit spoiled on it, but she still was surprised that it was a clone killing other clones. Yeah. Okay, I'd like to ask your first impressions about Cosima, because she becomes a pretty major character this episode. Yeah, we'd seen her last episode, but, you know, just on the phone and then a little bit at the end. I love Cosima. I really enjoyed her laptop cover, the the DNA strand. Mm-hmm. And anybody who's going to wait to meet their clone in a bar while reading The Origin of Species might be my hero. And it's an old, busted copy, too. It's not a... It's not a new copy, uh, which I loved, which means she's been over it and over it. Uh, so that really made me, that made me happy. But I also like how compassionate she is, um, especially compared to Allison. <laughs> <laughs> she's very much trying to welcome Sarah in and be honest with her. Like, hey, we need you to be Beth because we need that resource. But also, please don't go crazy. And if you need something, you know, I understand this is insane. We're having trouble dealing with this too. And we've known about it a little bit longer than you. And she was just a lot more like, like when Allison blurts out the whole clone thing and she says, I wanted to float the the clone thing a lot softer. Okay, define orphan, Sarah. Orphan, orphanage. So you don't know your birth parents? No, I was fostered out and legally adopted and I came here. When? Adopted like eight came here around 12 heartbreaking can we get back to beth please suicide i don't accept that this one's some kind of low-life grifter how do we know she didn't push her oi already told you i didn't want to be her i got stuck i was running for my own shit i can only imagine allison i'm very sorry about beth okay but she was losing it like clinically she was a cop she had tools if she couldn't cope then i mean (laughs) look can you just tell me what the hell this is? Don't tell her anything. Uh, short answer? No. <laughs> How we all realize it? We're not. Well, we are, by nature. Um, she's referring to nurture. Just give us the briefcase that you got from the German. I'm not giving you shit till you give me some answers. You don't write answers. Allison, fine. She wants in. We're clones. We're someone's experiment and they're killing us off. Is that helpful? We are genetically identical or whatever. It's actually kind of cool. Like she, she doesn't want to just berate Sarah. She's welcoming her into the fold. Whereas Allison's like, I cannot deal with another one. And the one that I liked is gone. And I don't (laughs) like you, you punk rock hoe. Get out of here. So I just really liked how compassionate Cosima is uh, towards Sarah and how willing she is to answer all the questions and, and help her out. To get, I mean, what the group needs, but also to make sure that Sarah herself is okay. Yeah, she seems like she definitely uh, grew up in a very laid-back household. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, my first impression of Cosima was that, well, that she's great, and I kind of want to be her best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I think she's really, she seems to be very kind. Like, when she was trying to talk to Sarah and still, like trying to comfort Allison about Beth's suicide. It was it just came across very sweet to me. And then the more I learned about her, just the more appealing she became to me. She's all smart and sweet and cute and adorable. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah, I, I love that they had a science geek clone. And, yeah, she's certainly a much 
kinder personality than Allison. We saw that right away in the first scene. And it seems like Beth, or Beth, like Sarah can sort of tolerate her a little more than, than Allison. They got off on a little better footing. Lynette, what did you think? I pretty much agree with it, what everybody says. And yeah, she's much more personable than well, any of them, really. <laughs> <laughs> she is. And, and the other thing I kept thinking is, boy, you know, she could be at a coffee shop in Portland, too. <laughs> <You know? laughs> she kind of fits in. A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> At least in appearance. Yeah. I liked her a lot. I like the way that I really buy these all as different people when they're talking and everything. I really don't think of them as being one actress and, uh, and uh, how distinct their personalities are. Like they're all these little pieces of pie of a, another person, like a really amiable person and a really kind of psycho person. And they're all like little, little slivers of, of, of a well-rounded personality, I guess. <laughs> and um, I, I've noticed that uh, Tatiana Maslany, she holds her face differently for each character, too. Yeah. So she yes. she smiles yeah. differently. She holds her lips differently and all of that. And I have to remind myself regularly that they didn't find, like, identical quintuplets. <laughs> or yes. it's not yeah. like what they would do on Buffy when there was a... a a doppelganger type situation where it would be a body double with a face plastered on. Like they're not doing that. It's actually like she's talking to a tennis ball and then she's talking to a different tennis ball and she's that good that you think it's five different people who look eerily similar. Yeah. She also modulates her voice. Yes. Sarah has a much deeper voice than the others do. Yes, she does a more gravelly. Right. And Ellison's is a lot higher, mm-hmm. squeakier. And, yeah. And the rate and the tone, yeah, the rate is different. That Each of them mm-hmm. speak at a different rate. And yeah, I, you're right about her changing her whole face. She doesn't do everything the same. She doesn't smile the same or anything. Even her body language is different. Very yeah. different. Yeah. She's, she's an amazing actress. I don't know how she hasn't won all of the awards ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you really see good. the scene of them with the three, uh, the scene at the beginning with the three of them, you absolutely buy them as three separate people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And oh, yeah. There was a picture I didn't post yet in the group because we hadn't seen Donnie before this episode, but there was a, it was a picture of Allison and Donnie and Graham Manson, and, and uh, Tatiana is dressed up as Allison doing something for charity, and they just look totally in character. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I saw that. So, did your opinion of Allison change any after this episode? A little bit. I kind of knew where she was coming from as being really a frightened person. I think she's still really bitchy. <laughs> but I think she's... Yeah, no, but I think she really is, is... feels like she's up against a wall. It really is in survivor mode and trying to juggle this very uh, soccer mom kind of world with this very insane falling apart world and and just grasping at anything to hold on so i've had a little more sympathy for particularly after the scene in the car about the money and stuff she just seemed a little more human then so we made a decision to trust you really sarah this is my life now and i'm doing the best i can so beth had um 
A substantial sum, sort of a fund she used to buy information we couldn't get officially. Okay. We were a cop, a scientist, and myself. The fund was how I could contribute. How much? 75,000. You could rob me blind. Well, we're hoping you realize you can't run away from this. I agree, Lynette. I think the scene in the car where she was like, listen, we've decided to trust you, and Kasima is the fancy scientist, and Beth was a cop, and then I'm just me. All I had to contribute was the money, and you could rob us blind. Mm-hmm. You could make off with that. But we've decided to trust you. And so I think that really shows her trust, and I think it also shows how inadequate she feels compared to her clones whereas you know Kasima is a PhD student and Beth is a cop and then she's just a soccer mom mm-hmm. which I don't think there's anything wrong with being quote just a soccer mom but you can see how she feels a little bit inadequate when compared to the other two to see that they have the exact same DNA as her and they chose different paths I, I feel like she um, always measures herself up to those two and always feels a little inadequate. And this is where you start to see that. Mm-hmm. I agree. And I agree with you about the soccer mom thing. I mean, uh, managing a whole family and children and everything day in and day out is, you know, pretty, uh, pretty, it's pretty exceptional. Difficult. It's pretty mm-hmm. difficult to do. It takes a lot of talent and hard work. But if you're talking about being able to access, like, say, a police database, yeah, there's a difference. And I think you're right about that. She, particularly when she was talking about Beth at the firing range, you could tell she was like kind of in awe of Beth and you can yeah. see that she does. I think that you're right. Shay. You can see she does feel kind of inadequate in being able to do anything to, to do this, you know, handle this battle. Right. Someone is covering up their illegal experiments by wiping us out. Well, whatever it is, I need to protect my family. So Beth taught me how to shoot. For that, I am grateful to her. Um, for me, is um more towards the beginning when we see just Sarah just, like, smack Allison across the face. What are you doing in my yard? Don't! Do not shoot me, please! Why are do you not here? shoot! Hey, please! Hey, hey, Allison! Okay. Allison! Put it down! Get out of the way! He's with me! Okay? Move! You point a gun at my brother again, I will kick the living shite out of you! Allison's face right after that, it was, I don't know, she looked like just so genuinely shocked and like amazed and hurt and that just really, I don't know, it was a very good face, made me think about her character more. That was a really good face, she did do that very, very well. Mm Mm-hmm. I love the scene with her and Felix, where Felix is, uh, um, what was he doing? He he helped the children cross-dress, is that what it was? Well, he he was telling her that she had to help, you know, she had to, uh, he came came over to babysit, yeah. Right. I don't know, I, I felt, I thought, I didn't think she reacted strongly he comes back after having been at the firing range and, and her daughter's dressed up like a male and her son is dressed up like a female. And I thought she would have gone ballistic. 
And she doesn't. I mean, she's not happy, but she's, she didn't go ballistic. And I'm not sure whether they just, they should have written that scene stronger or whether she's just, she's just had it so much that you could say she's just not, just too tired to react at, at her normal level. Oh, Gemma. Look, Mom, we're cross-dressers. No, you are not. I'm you. Oh, you're back. Felix! Don't go! Can Felix say goodnight, Mom? No. My work here is done, I'm afraid. No! Stay, Felix! Adios, dragsters! Just oversaturated. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've had a tough day. <laughs> I just had enough right now. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of expecting more from that scene. scene. But, I mean, I mean yeah, I, mean, I was had... a little disappointed. I mean, a lot happened, but there wasn't as much funny Felix. And so I nicked that, you know, the episode for that. And I'm not really sure what the point of the, the scene with Paul and Sarah and Felix in the apartment. <laughs> Although Paul doesn't realize Felix is there. I just thought, <laughs> what exactly yeah. is this show about Felix? It, he gets off on anybody having sex. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think he just really wants to see Paul naked after uh, Sarah's description. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> um, that's the first thing he brings up is, you know, the size of Paul's anatomy, so. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and Paul's new nickname. And how uh, filled, I think is the word he used, Sarah is. Stuffed. Stuffed, Stuffed. thank you. Yeah. yeah, that was, oh, that was great. So, yeah, I think he just wanted to uh, to peep at Paul, plus Paul had some pretty good game going, and at the beginning, Sarah wasn't completely into it, and then by the end, she was like, yeah, all right, let's do this, and then he walked away, and I think she was really genuinely sexually frustrated at that moment, and mad that he seemed to be so cool. Yeah, I think so, because Felix said he's probably wanking by now, and she said he'd better be. Maybe they just stood in there so we keep interested in Paul. Because I, I lost interest in him when he left to go stay at Cody's. So <laughs> maybe they've thrown him back in to, Yeah, for some I, I reason. think Paul is the least interesting thing so far, but, you know, <laughs> as with all the characters, there's more coming. I, I think they were just trying to show Felix's reaction to this. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I also think that Paul and Sarah or... Uh, the two actors have really good chemistry um, and just giving them an excuse to flaunt that chemistry um, and to show that their relationship isn't good and stable, but that he's not going away. Like he keeps Mm -hmm. reappearing and asking her very uh, paint by number as she points out questions. And so he's, he's not going away. And I think they're trying to show that there might be a reason for that without saying here's the reason. Hmm. That could be, because I'm still going to go with the theory that he's actually in and all, in on all of this, and he's a, a, what do you call it, a plant or a ringer. I'll go with that for now. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I'm paranoid. A ringer, I a think ringer everybody's up to something. Uh, for whoever, because I'm still not convinced there's still the psycho person killing them all. I think there's still something else going on. Hmm. Okay. I mean, she, she may be doing that, but I think there's still another bigger plot that's happening, so. Okay. Yeah. Because I have so, like three or four tin hats in my closet that I. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have to have one for different outfits. That's right. So, do you think Paul is the only ringer? Mm-mm, I don't think so. 
but and but I think they're different on different levels. I think Mrs. S is in a different camp than the one okay. Paul is. Okay. And those those are the two that I I think Mrs. S may be on. I can't say the good side because I'm not sure that either one of these are going to be good sides. But Paul is on the not so good side, and Mrs. S is probably on the better, more closer to be good side. But neither side is really interested or is really concerned with the actual people involved, the clones. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I understand your meaning. Do you think that either of those sides wants to kill the clones? I don't know. That I'm not sure of. I'm not sure if they're just trying to appropriate them or they want to get rid of them. And it could be, you know, on one side they want to just get all of them together and put them in like they did a hell mouth, put them in little cages and... (laughs) I can't think of the name of that that army group that the had them all. The, yeah. Oh, the initiative, yeah. So there might be a, a group like the initiative, and there might be a group like, you know, the master group. <laughs> <laughs> I like this. Yeah. Yeah. A very, a very nice series. So we got to see more of Sarah being a cop, and she gets some things wrong, obviously, but she also is starting to get away with it. She managed to get Raj to teach her, you know, the passwords and the procedures and such. And do you think she's going to get to where she can pass as a cop? Oh, yeah. Did you see her answer the phone? This is Beth. And, like, just right into character right away. Like, it just came rolled off her tongue. And I thought, yeah, she's got it already. There was no, like, thinking about it before she answered the phone. She just went right into it. Yeah, I think she'll get better. Um, I really liked... How as soon as she saw Raj, her whole demeanor changed and she kind of went into Sarah a little and started like a little bit of a sexy walk and then doing her big baddie overshare uh, eyes and her flirting to get Raj's attention when she probably could have just said, hey, could you help me reset my password? I've had a rough time and he would have been fine with it. But she immediately used her sexuality to do it, which I think says a little bit more about where she's been and the life that she's led. So, uh, I guess you're you're back then, right? Mm, bench. I'm trying to slip in without, you know, a ripple, but on the down low, I'm a little scattered memory-wise. I think you can help me with a few basics. Oh, like resetting your password? Yes. Like that. And uh, the whole procedure for fingerprint results. Agreed. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Sarah, I mean, Beth wouldn't have felt the need to do that. Sarah, however, may have had to deal with her life that whole way and thought she would probably have to do that. Right. But Raj I is t- really cute, though. Yes, yeah, he was. Yeah. I like Raj already. That guy was on Degrassi when I used to watch, and so it was kind of weird when he showed up. <laughs> He's a very different character here. I'm just kind of like, oh, that's different. So I guess I'm supposed to ask you, Lynette, if you think he's evil. I don't think so. I think he just. I think he's just. I think he just enjoys Sarah's attention. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to be one of those useful to get what we need kind of tools, and not meaning he's a tool. <laughs> I mean, you know. If we need to get something done and, you know, for a plot device, we can get him to go access some database or something, that kind of thing. Right. 
Did anyone else enjoy the scene uh, with Sarah trying to get her holster on and the other cop? <laughs> yes. Did you need help with that? <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. great. <laughs> yeah, could you? <laughs> he just walks out. <laughs> I thought that was really good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I tell, I can tell that I'm gonna enjoy all these bathroom scenes. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of Buffy references, what do you make of somebody being impaled with rebar? Oh yeah. Well, I wonder if, like with Cordelia, you know, they just missed all of the internal organs by crazy random happenstance. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like you, I think you said this, Bob. This is apparently rebar is not, you know, a significant factor in dying when you get one put through your your stomach. (laughs) But that incident with Cordelia, with uh, with her, that actually happened to her when she was younger. Yes. Yes. Yeah, she she actually had rebark to go through her stomach. Yes. So yeah, she had the scar already for him. They will actually give an explanation for it. How okay. convincing it is, you'll have to decide for yourself. Okay, okay. Yeah, I think they're probably even if she didn't hit any organs, she's going to be losing blood through there. And I don't know how long you'd be standing up looking in the mirror. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I oh, that scene. When mm-hmm. she's pulling it out, I can't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was gross. Her whole body was like contorted all weird. It was just, oh, it was just so painful and weird to watch. And what is up with all that angel stuff on her back? <laughs> what the is the that? wings? Oh, yeah. It's like somebody carved them in there. But who carved it? I don't know. Because it could have been her. I mean, that would have been really quite a trick. Tune in next week. <laughs> how, how dangerous do you think the body being found or parts of the body being found is going to be oh I think it's still going to be an issue because I think we're going to find those fingerprints I can't talk or me just answer the question oh okay okay um our fingerprints are close enough to flag a match yeah why best partner found the German at least part of her part of her yeah I'm, I messed up when I buried her. They have a fingerprint, Kasima. Oh, wait, are you being Beth right now? Yes. Yes, I'm at the bloody crime scene pretending to be a bloody cop. So I need to know if the bloody fingerprints will flag a bloody match. Whoa, okay, okay, don't freak out. They need to use Interpol to find the German, which is unlikely. But um, if one of us had a criminal record here... Do you have a criminal record? Just... Petty fraud, assault, whatever. Wasted years, all right? If the body matches me, the cops will see a mugshot of somebody who looks like Beth, only is yours truly, and I'm already supposed to be dead. Wow. Wow. Welcome to the trip, man. <sighs> that is not helpful. And I think she either she'll have to try to get rid of him another way or somehow explain that away somehow. And I don't know how. I really don't. I don't think it's gone away yet. I like Cosima's reaction. Oh, you know, no big deal. They'd have to go to Interpol for that, and they're probably not going to do that. So, I mean, it's not, not going to be a problem unless one of us has a criminal record or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> do you have a criminal record? Oh, just, you know, petty stuff. And then she goes on to list not petty things. Yeah. <laughs> just arson, you know, whatever. <laughs> and, and I like her little uh, self-referential comment. I think some idiot didn't realize they were burying the body next to an active quarry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was, I love that. that. Was good. I also really enjoyed uh, Kasima's Welcome to the Trip. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, that's not helpful right now. Oh, right, sorry. <laughs> Do you guys find it weird that though Sarah has a criminal record, she was not one of the ones Beth tracked down and made contact with? Yeah. I think she would be relatively easy to find. That is a super good point that I've completely overlooked. I have so many questions <laughs> about Beth. Yeah. <laughs> it is odd that she did a, a facial recognition and... And, and Sarah's face did not come up. I mean, because it, it would have. Hmm. Well, okay. Kasima said she ran it through driver's license. Ooh. And Sarah doesn't have a valid driver's license. And she only ran it through the Canadian equivalent of DMV. It wouldn't have brought up Sarah's criminal record. I guess. I would just so like... if she Yeah, if she only ran it through to get IDs... It wouldn't bring up Sarah's criminal record, and if Sarah didn't have a uh, current ID, it wouldn't have brought her up at all. Yeah, I guess. I just figure, like, if I'd just found out I was a clone, I probably would have ran my fingerprints, too. Mm. Oh, it's a good idea, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would have made sense, but, you know. Yeah. I just This is a show about clones, so. It makes me wonder if, like, Beth did know about Sarah and didn't tell Allison and Kasima. Well, don't you think it's odd that she just happened to be on that same flat pa- platform? I really Sarah? do think it's odd. I have written thousands of words about how I think it's odd. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that so she's just there, you know. By it, I mean, I mean, she would have had to been following Sarah to have been in the same place. I would believe. I have so yeah. many questions about Beth. Yeah, so 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 many. <laughs> Yeah, I, I will say that after two seasons, there is an awful lot we still don't know about Beth. She just becomes more mysterious. <laughs> wow. And I mean, it's, it's not like we don't get other details. We do get more details, but there's still a lot of mystery out there. Yeah, there's a ton of mystery around Beth. Ooh. Well, that's good, because that means more seasons then, right? Yes. <laughs> Lots more seasons. One of the things that I was thinking I would bring up right now, because I forgot to bring it up the first episode, but both times I watched it, when Sarah is looking at Beth and Beth turns around and Sarah sees her face and she gasps, but Beth has no reaction at all. Now, maybe you could argue that, you know, Beth has kind of checked out and maybe she's not seeing anything, but doesn't it seem like there would have been at least a little gasp or something? Oh, yeah, I, yeah. there should have been some sort of reaction, but Beth knew about the other clones, so seeing another one that looked like her wouldn't have completely... I don't think it would have phased her anymore, because she knew about the other, well, seven, because Sarah makes eight, as we right. learned in this episode. So I think she would have just been like, oh, great, another one. Goodbye. Right, I don't think it would have changed her mind to... But I still thought there would have been like, oh, another one. If anything, you might think, oh, it's going to send her over the edge even more because here's here's yeah. one more. But I I just thought that was that was strange. I she, think she looked. I'm sorry. Well, I'm just totally in the. I don't know. I feel like, and this isn't like spoilers. I just I feel like Beth knew about Sarah, and I feel like leaving her purse and taking off her shoes was almost. She was almost leaving her life for Sarah, I feel like a lot of what she did was planned. Hmm. Like, step into my shoes? Kind of. And I also, like, I've wondered if that even was Beth. Like, I mean, if anyone 
can fake a suicide, it's these girls. So I just, I have a lot of questions about Beth and no answers, which is frustrating. But I feel like that there's, I feel like it was intentional. That she knew Sarah was there and she was there because Sarah was there. And she Mm. was saying, either I can't do this anymore and I think you can or something else. Mm. Yeah, I kind of go with that thought, too, because when I thought when she turned around and looked at Sarah, she was very intentionally looking at her with with intent. And because she turned around very slowly and looked at her. I mean, it wasn't like she was just looking around randomly before she, you know, did what she did. She looked around to look at Sarah straight at her. So, you know, I kind of go with that theory, too, is this was like she planned to be there right at that time and leave that stuff for her. We'll see you on. Well, we, maybe we'll see. <laughs> I hadn't even thought about that at all. And now I'm slightly obsessed. So thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> and I thought that the, that the beginning part with the three clones was a good way to explain Sarah being in Toronto. It was a good way to get her background information without it being like, and now I shall give my background information. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a good way to keep it in the plot. Um, and so we learned that she was a complete orphan in an orphanage. She was fostered out, legally adopted by Mrs. S at eight, and then came here at 12. Yeah. So Mrs. S is her legal parent, not just a foster parent. Right. So I found that to be important, that she was legally adopted by Mrs. S and then taken out of the UK. And it does help explain why she's, they still carry their accent so strongly. I mean, being raised, you know, even after being introduced into a non-English accent world, you know, their whole right. life was, was surrounded with it. So, you know, yeah, you, you would probably hang on to it for a while. And yeah, maybe that's why it makes it it's easier for her to switch accents is because she's done that before, you know, from going from non-English to English. Hmm, I don't know. I would think so. I, I would think if she spent... 12 years in England and the rest of her life in Canada, she'd be able to switch back and forth between them pretty easily. But, you know, I know a lot of people that come from other countries, and they they do adopt the dialect or the, the accent, and then, you know, of course, go right, you know, fall right back into it quite easily when they go back in their own country, but... Yeah, my friend Adam lived here for a long time. He's British, and then he recently moved back to Bristol, or I guess it's been a year now. Still recently. But the first time he talked to me after he'd been in Bristol for a year, his accent had gotten so much thicker that I told him that he had to talk slower. <laughs> I was like, you've always had an accent. You've always sounded incredibly British. You have a very distinctive accent. He sounds a little bit like Jamie Oliver. Mm-hmm. But then when he went back to Bristol, like it got so much stronger that I was like, whoa, dude, you are so <laughs> British. <laughs> he, goes, he goes, it hasn't gotten that bad. And then... Now he sounds all posh and it's bizarre and and that whole thing is very funny because I've you know like like you said I've known people that have lived here a long time and to us they do still have an accent but then they go back back to their other country and they go, and people tell them, oh you've got such an American accent <laughs> yeah so what did you guys think there's eight clones now and there's they're all with the exception of. So five of them seem to be from five different European countries. And then we have three from Canada. Or, I'm sorry, we have six from six different European countries. 
and then two from Canada. Do you think it was done on purpose that way? Or do you think it just crazy random happenstance that there's one from Italy, one from well, Great Britain, one from Three Austria. from Canada because you have Sarah oh, Beth, and you're right, yeah. Beth and Allison. So is Cosima from the States? I mean, I know she goes to school there, but so is Cosima Canadian or American? I don't think they said where she was raised, did they? No, I don't think no, they just, know. Just that she goes to school in no. Minneapolis. So, but anyway, my point was, they're from a variety of places and not all one location. Do you think that was for a specific reason? Hmm. Well, yeah, because they didn't want them to meet each other. Right. So spreading them around by country would certainly help to uh, minimize that possibility. They put them in different places. They probably wanted to see what the effect of being in different places had on people who are, uh, you know, with the same genetic material. Um, so they probably practical. didn't want they didn't want them to meet because that might then they would start to ask questions. Okay, so you're so, thinking practical and scientific, right? Yeah, that that yeah that that could be it. Yeah, if, if they're an experiment, then you know it could be the whole nature versus nurture thing, right? Which Cosima brings up, right? With the well, we are related by nature, but what she means in reference to Allison is nurture, because Allison was like, we are not related. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, you silly yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Cosima's kind of just so cool about it, just so, you know, like this scientific and detached, you know. But yet she's not cold. I mean, sometimes you think of scientists as being very cold, and she's actually very warm and, you know, comforting and tender with Sarah when she's trying to explain it all. Yeah, the... Girls on Tatiana is Everyone, which is another orphan black podcast, will often refer to Cosima as the show's um, Giles. Mm. Uh, oh, yeah, fits definitely. Really well. I think that like she's an intelligent character, so she gives us a source of information we wouldn't usually have, but she's also, you know, kind and interesting and really sweet. Yeah. Yes. Probably not quite as heavy on the exposition, but yeah, good comparison, I think. I've been trying to convince any Canadians I run into that they're required by law to watch Orphan Black. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I just found out my brother-in-law's uh, girlfriend is a huge Orphan Black fan. She's like, I've been listening to your podcast. And I was like, ah! Wow. <laughs> I was like, I didn't know you actually watched TV. <laughs> she was like, no, I love Orphan Black. She's like, I was so excited when you said you were doing a podcast. I was like, well, keep listening, Rachel. Thank you. And go rate us. And give us feedback. <laughs> I've managed, I've managed to get most of my coworkers and like a good chunk of my friends to watch Orphan Black just because I never shut up about it and they like to know what I'm talking about. Also, I had a season two finale party and I invited my friend who'd never seen the show like the day before, and so she watched all of season one and then like season two up until the finale in like a day. Oh, no. I'm like, you didn't have to watch everything. You could have just come and hung out with us and been confused, but she watched everything. 
<laughs> I would have shown up and been confused and then went back and rewatched it. That's what my other friend did. But she hasn't gone and rewatched yet. Because she can't. She doesn't have a way to. But oh, That's sad. I mm. talk about it so much at work that, like, many of my coworkers have now watched. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Well, some of my computer geek friends are now watching. I had a question on Twitter saying, you know, can anybody recommend any shows to watch? And I said, Orphan Black. And just left it at that. And then I see comments coming back. Bob recommended Orphan Black, and he's right. It's a great show. Nice. And, then, and he's doing a podcast about it. And then the guy goes, really? I have to listen to this. Nice. Awesome. <laughs> That's great. Okay, so was a, I guess the other character that was introduced was Donnie, but we really have seen very little of him yet. Well, the, the interesting thing about Donnie is that he's white. And what does that mean <laughs> about Allison's kids? Yeah. Yeah, they're, they're, I think based on what we've seen, they're clearly adopted at this point. Right. No, yeah. I would say, yeah. Yeah, but up until that point, I mean, up until the point you see Donnie, you, you might assume that Allison's married to a black man. Yeah, and actually, when I saw her kids before we saw Donnie, I thought it was slightly out of character for Allison to be married to a black man. <laughs> and I was so. like, oh, they're, they're, okay, sure. That seems a little odd for that specific character. And then when we saw her husband, I was like, wait, <laughs> are they not his are they not hers either is there adoption happening i found it interesting how the killer clone blondie kept referencing family we're doing so well <laughs> we haven't mentioned her name yet <laughs> it, it's so although it's, i don't i was thinking about it I, I don't know that it's particularly spoilery it isn't is really. It? it isn't yeah. really, but but, but it hasn't the, been mentioned in the show, so right, I'm yeah. trying to not right. Yeah. Oh, okay. When Killer Clone was on the phone with the voice change app at the police station, yeah, and they're yes. asking about uh, Jane Doe, who's Katya, and Killer Clone says. Am I speaking to your partner now, too, Art? Actually, we love voice change apps, so, uh, the whole office is listening. She was just one of a few. Unfit for family. Poor school. So you didn't like her very much. How about you tell us her name? She expired at Ellenside Park. She's one of a few unfit for family horse glue, I think was what it was. And that yeah. is when I, yes. when I first watched it, I was struck by how much it sounded like the just one, I'm a few, no family, two, who am I? Mm-hmm. That was interesting thing to me. Yeah, which Cosima said to Sarah, and Sarah got very confused. Yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. At least this time, not only is she aware that they're clones, but Felix is aware that they're clones also, which I think is very useful. I don't want that secret to be out for, you know, half a season or whatever. <laughs> so did anyone notice that one of the targets at the firing range looked like a stuffed animal? Yes. It was a stuffed horse. It was a stuffed horse? Okay. Mm -hmm. 
When, what was the other one? A turkey or a bird or something stuffed? You couldn't tell. It was weird. <laughs> At a police firing range? Well, no. Well, okay. I was talking about the, when Allison is teaching Sarah how to shoot. Oh. Okay, that was a stuffed animal, which I thought was no. not something Allison would really do. <laughs> you would think <laughs> with her love of children, she wouldn't go shooting stuffed animals. But Well, maybe she wanted to clean out the room. Old mm. toys. Oh, I, know. I don't know that Allison has a love of children. I feel like she has the life she has because that's what you were supposed to do. Ooh. I'm not saying she doesn't love her kids. I believe she does love her kids. But I feel as though Allison has the soccer mom-esque life because that is how you are supposed to be. Right. She wants to be as normal as possible. And this is what normal people do. Well, she does seem like she'd do anything to protect them, at least so far. No, definitely. Mm -hmm. I mean, she does love her kids. Um, and, you know, then there's Donnie. I mean, <laughs> what, yeah, what is Donnie? We haven't, we haven't really, yeah, we haven't seen their relationship very much. But just because she loves her kids doesn't mean she loves children. Ooh. Oh, right. No, I agree. I, yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I think she just loves her kids. But still, I, I, Unless it was the stuffed animal of a, of a kid she didn't like, it just seemed to me she wouldn't choose stuffed animals as firing targets. Oh, but, well, that um, might be something she has an abundance of around the house. <laughs> yeah. Get rid of some of them. They're outgrowing them. <laughs> yeah, Maybe that's kind of what I always practice. say. It's like, I want to <laughs> want to clean out the room. Here, we'll take these. <laughs> and Donnie, well, he's just like, oh, about useless. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what, why is she's she's with him so she can fly under the radar because he is just about as uh, what's the term white bread as I can I don't know what to call him. <laughs> well, off <laughs> <lost> tea time. <laughs> somebody asked in the feedback, you know, how does Allison come up with seventy five thousand dollars? Yeah, you know, and my impression was we have no idea what Donnie's job is. I mean it. it doesn't look like she was marrying him for his looks or his personality, so you never know. Yeah, definitely not. So, the psalm that was written on the wall and that was circled in the Bible. And which, um, Art, and which Art knew by heart. Mm-hmm. So, the part that was on the wall is Psalm 139, 13 through 14. You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and woefully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. The same psalm, just more of it. 19 starts off, If only you, God, would slay the wicked. Away from me, you who are bloodthirsty. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries muse your name. And it goes on about killing those who are against the Lord. Killing those who are against the Creator. And it's been bugging me because I was like, there's something else about that psalm. But yeah, so the psalm is, You made me and I'm wonderful because you made me. You've seen my entire form my precious how precious i am to you and how precious you are to me if only you would get slay if only you god would slay the wicked um so i think that just as much as the middle of that psalm is uh valid for killer clone i think the rest of it really shows why yeah but yeah, that is a, that's a fairly interesting psalm it's 139 if you want to read the whole thing cuz there's it's the whole thing, I think, really ties into uh, Killer Clone and her 
whatever her perceived uh, mission, for lack of a better term, is. But I don't want to read the whole thing because it's quite long. <laughs> Thanks. But do you want the end scene? Where not in the end scene, but when um, crazy killer queen, whatever her name is, is going to stab Sarah? And she said, "Does she say not yet or not Beth? Not yet, not Beth. Not yet, not Beth." Yeah, and it's so. It's like she's being very specific to wanting to kill Beth. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe and maybe yes. it wasn't Sarah's turn yet or something. I'm not sure. Right. It was weird. It was weird. They will explain that also. At least they will explain her rationalization of that again. Whether you choose to believe it or not is up to you. Okay. Right. And I like how she called her a copy cop. Mm-hmm. Yes, I thought that. A copy was cop. Clever. You yes. dirty little dirty. copy cop. Right. Yes. Copy cop and not Beth. I mean, she's not stupid. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Dirty little copy cop. Who are you? And she sort of, when she said she wasn't Beth, she looked in her eyes and I think she believed that she was not Beth. And right, I'm yes. not sure exactly why that is, but I, I think she certainly was convinced of that. Elizabeth Child. I'm not Beth! Yeah. Yeah, she knew, she knew that that was not Elizabeth Child. Well, yeah. she, I think if Sarah hadn't said she wasn't Beth, I think she would have, she would have been dead. But I think once Sarah said something... She yeah. you know, took a second look. Oh, and we had the Barbie head to match the rest of the body. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. With the dyed hair, just like Katya. And the headshot. Mm. That will also come up in the feedback. Yes. That Barbie doll head, was that the one from the motel or the hotel room? Was that yes. doll headless there? Yep. It was headless there. It was okay. Yeah. All right, so that kind of answers that question about who did it then, huh? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Cool. I just wanted to mention something we didn't talk about in the last episode. We never talked about what, uh, about Felix on the bike driving to Mrs. S's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was an adorable bike. Yeah. And his helmet was hysterical. I mean, I was trying, you know, he seemed like a cross between the Wicked Witch of the West and, you know, some some German army guy in a sidecar. It was just so funny. You're right, because well, they, the, the whole scene that came up, they come up from the wheel up, and it was like that whole first scene in from um, Wizard, Wizard of Oz. Oz. Yeah, right. it was really creepy. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I forgot to mention that last week, and I thought it was a funny scene. Well, and if you yes. notice inside his helmet, it's got, like, some sort of, like, uh, fleece yes. or, or yeah. faux like sheep's wool or something to keep it cushy on his head. <laughs> oh, has anybody had any impressions of Angie DeAngelis yet? Because she's been in the episodes. Oh, I don't like her. Is she the other female cop? Yeah, our arts mm-hmm. partner when Sarah isn't, or Beth isn't. Okay. Oh, she, she's on my tin hat radar too, by the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> tin hat radar, that's what we're going to start calling it when I, I don't like her. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting, because she had a part in The Strain, and she played a pretty annoying character on that show. I don't necessarily and, find her annoying. I just dislike her and don't trust her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anything else? Okay, so quotes. Katrin? Uh, Soccer mom Sarah? Dreadlock science geek Sarah? Arguably more attractive than the real Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good one. Oh. That's a really good one. <laughs> 
Liz? Bitch that guards hell. <laughs> <laughs> yes. She doesn't have a name yet either. But yeah. It just tickles <laughs> just just tickles me. She's like, This is a neighborhood watch. <laughs> Block. And then she does the I'm watching you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then I just I just love Felix. Bitch that guards hell. <laughs> well that Look, Mom, we're cross-dressers. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a great one. And that is one of those lines that I knew you would enjoy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Janice? Can you not use the C word, please? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's, that was fantastic. And then Sarah does it at the bar. Would you believe we're clones? <laughs> yeah. Let me guess. You're the smart one. You're the wild one. Would you believe we're clones? Yeah. <laughs> okay, uh, minus from the first scene. Fine. She wants in? We're clones. We're someone's experiment and they're killing us off. Is that helpful? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, that's not, but thanks for trying. Thank you. If, Thank I haven't, you. if I haven't mentioned it yet, I love Allison. <laughs> <laughs> Any backups? Well, this is, um, Beth is on the phone with Cosima. And Cosima says, she's at the scene where they found Katya's body and she wants to know about fingerprints. So, and Cosima and says, oh, you're being Beth now. Yes, yes. I'm at the bloody crime scene pretending to be a cop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, at the bar, if we're genetically identical, do you get that little patch of dry skin between your eyebrows? <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's a good one. And then I like Cosima's follow up of keep your humor. Beth couldn't. I mentioned this a bit before, but at the bar. Let me guess. You're the smart one and you're the wild one. Would you believe we're clones? Yeah. Yeah, would you believe we're clones? Okay, then uh, do ratings and favorite scene. Uh, Katrin? Um, okay, are we doing ratings first? Yeah. Okay, uh, I gave this episode 9 out of 10 angry blonde Tatianas. <laughs> Very nice. And did you have a favorite scene? I think my favorite scene was probably the scene with Sarah and Cosima in the bar. Uh-huh. Okay, Lynette? I'm going to give this 9 out of 10. And you have to think about the scene where the, she, that the crazy one is going to stab Sarah. I'm, I'm going to give this 9 out of 10 boogers in Sarah's nose. <laughs> because <laughs> she has one. <laughs> it's right there, that right nostril. <laughs> I'm glad I watch on a small computer screen. (laughs) (laughs) And my favorite scene, I'm going to have to go for, you know, the cheap thrills would probably be that last scene where she's pulling that rebar out of her stomach. Uh, It was just like, oh, my God. (laughs) Okay, Janice? I didn't like this one as much as the earlier one, so I'm only going to give it 7 out of 10 pink noise protectors. Oh, yeah, those were great. Those were great. (laughs) Because, well, a lot happened. I mean, I guess probably the problem is that the second time around, there weren't as many surprises. So, I, you know, I just didn't find it that interesting. I didn't, there weren't any really funny Felix scenes. So I I liked it a a little bit less. Um, My favorite scene, though, is the scene where Allison is explaining to Sarah about guns. Uh. That's a really good scene. Mm-hmm. Liz? I give it 9 out of 10 desecrated Barbie heads. 
And my favorite scene was the scene with Sarah pretending to be Beth um, after Art gets shot and she goes chasing after Killer Clone. Wow. And then when Killer Clone is on top of her and the, I'm not Beth, I'm not Beth. And that whole the interaction between the two of them, that whole bit, I really like. That's my favorite scene. Okay. And I'll give it 9 out of 10 cross-dressing kids. <laughs> I really liked it. For me, it's always about the characters. And we learned more about Allison, a lot more about Cosima, and we had another clone introduced at the end. So I was very happy with that. There were some minor characters, you know, Raj and Donnie as well. And we found out that they're clones. And, well, not we found out, but Sarah and Felix found out about clones, which I think is a major turning point. And Allison, I think, is starting to come around a bit, you know, being willing to teach Sarah about guns and such. My favorite scene was the first scene with the three clones with... Allison and Sarah and Cosima. Okay, so we're going to pick favorite clone and favorite non-clone. And as I've said, we do that so Tatiana Maslany doesn't win everything every week. Katrin? Well, my favorite clone is always Cosima. Even in episodes, Cosima isn't in. Cosima is my favorite clone. Ah. So I really love Cosima. So my favorite was Cosima. And my favorite non-clone in this episode was probably Raj because he's adorable and I used to love him on Degrassi. Great. Lynette? Well, I couldn't really decide so I'm going to go with my favorite clone as both Allison and Cosima and my favorite non-clone was the toss-up between Art and Raj because Art became interesting, finally. <laughs> and I think Raj is just adorable, so. Dennis? I was going to pick Cosima, but I think I'm going to pick Sarah because of all the police work she was doing today. Or, I mean, it, it, police work she was doing in this episode, whether it was competent or not competent. <laughs> she was, yeah. A lot was going on and she was trying to, you know, and, and she, she was actually saying some, some smart things. So I'm going to pick her. And my favorite non-clone, I think I'm going to go with art too. Art really got a lot more of art in this episode and, I think he's a cool character. Yeah, we did talk about that scene where he tells her to call it in and she didn't even know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great scene. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Liz? Uh, my favorite clone is Cosima, and my favorite non-clone is Art. Okay, my favorite clone is also Cosima. I think we just learned an awful lot about her this episode. And I picked Art last episode, so I'll pick Raj this episode. I'd like to mention that we are now in iTunes. Just search for Clone Dance Party. And we've gotten our first two iTunes reviews. Thank you, Mike, and thank you, Harold. And those are very important for a new podcast because it helps you get into and move up in the new and noteworthy rankings. So if you like the podcast, please leave a review. And do we have feedback? Uh, Harold Wallen says... I like that Beth taught Allison how to shoot, and now Allison is using that knowledge to teach Sarah how to shoot in order to impersonate Beth. I admire Blonde Sniper's clone style, what with the dolls, Bible verses, and disguised voice calls to the police. How did she know that Sarah was, quote, not Beth, and why did that matter to her? And what do you think of the scars on her back? 
Apparently, rebar through the stomach is not a big deal, according to TV shows. <laughs> How much longer can Sarah impersonate Beth? What will trip her up first? The fingerprints on the German, a sighting of the blonde sniper, her own incompetence impersonating a cop, or something else? Bob DeGrand says, yes, they obviously learned about how ineffective being impaled by rebar is from Buffy. The sniper is a favorite of cosplayers at conventions. I assume she gets a name next episode. Dan Wilson says, the show so far has a good mix of elements of various genres. Wikipedia categorizes Orphan Black as science fiction, and sure, it has sci-fi premise, as established this episode when they finally use the C word. But at this point, it feels more like a mystery, mystery thriller than anything else. And indeed, the unresolved mysteries are keeping me hooked. I'm also glad that our protagonist, Sarah's main relationship and motivations involve her daughter and foster brother and not romance. Sadly, that in and of itself makes the show different. Finally, I'm enjoying watching Sarah and also Felix squirm their way through one difficult situation after another. Rachel Hughes says... I had heard that one of the clones is a serial killer, but I had no idea that her targets were other clones. So does this make a wait for it? Clone war? Sorry. <laughs> Rachel, don't ever be sorry about a good pun. <laughs> While I'm not crazy about the police procedural part of the show, I, I do enjoy Sarah's ineptitude and art calling her on it. I suppose a fair amount of scattered behavior can be attributed to Beth's, quote, tweakerness and the fallout from the shooting, but Sarah can't keep impersonating her much longer without making Art and everyone else look deeply stupid. I like that Sarah finally admitted that her plan to snatch Kara and take her on the run was stupid and how it would make her an even worse mother. And how does Allison have that much cash on hand? She doesn't look wealthy. Also, her children are clearly not the products of her and her husband. I'm assuming that this is significant. Either A... Their father is another player in the show, redundant, that will probably be Kara's mystery father. B, they adopted non-white children so Allison could claim some kind of moral or socio-political superiority. Unlikely, also I hope not. Or C, Sarah is the only clone who can reproduce. I think C is the most interesting of these possibilities. Why that would be the case, I am not sure. Finally, the killer clone. So she was knocking off the European clones? Where is she getting the money to travel the world? Why did she tip off Art? Why did she not kill not Beth? So many questions. My favorite thing about her, she comes with her own horror movie soundtrack. <laughs> I am starting I am starting to get intrigued. Does someone else want to take over? Sure. Then Bob says, Allison and Donnie's kids are adopted. I think that is clear enough from what we've seen. As for your options, none is exactly right, and one or more are close. As to the killer clone... Does the leaving of clues and the Barbie head remind you of the ice truck killer? Maybe it's a game to her. There will be a very specific Dexter reference later in the series. Unlike Lost at times, your questions will be answered. And, like Lost, the answers will lead to many other questions. But then Rachel responds, Oh, ha, I didn't even think of Dexter and the Barbie head. I don't know how I feel about such a direct reference if it's intentional. I did jump to the adoption assumption. I'm presuming there's a reason why, and I was ruling out narrative reasons. Mrs. S. had said rather portentously that Kira is special, so I wonder now how much she knows. Then Bob DeGran answers Dan, I don't think it's a sci-fi show either. It does have clones, but it is otherwise based pretty firmly in the present-day real world. And then an email from Simone, slightly edited to remove character names we don't know yet. Hi, everyone. 
It's a long email. Hope it's enjoyed nonetheless. Cosima. I adore Cosima. Like, adore her. She's my beautiful, smart, and oh-so-cool PhD student. I love that whole discussion about by nature we're the same, but nurture is a whole other ball game, and is what makes them so intensely unique. You never question who Tatiana is portraying at any given moment because each clone is so specific. Although I'd argue that they, they all have one similar trait in that they all have tenacity. For Sarah, it's her survival tude. For Allison, it's her need for perfection and protection. And for Cosima, it's her drive to find the truth about their existence. Welcome to Clone Club. I love that Allie almost shoots Fee and winds up getting a big old sister slap from Sarah because no one messes with her brother. No one. <laughs> it's also funny to see Sarah sort of lose her sh shit about not being one of kind. She's carved out a place in this world as a rebel, and finding out that she's not so special makes her a little bit uncomfortable. She's all, I'm just me, which is true, but it's interesting to me that she insists that there's no one like her. Beth gets reinstated and immediately is off to investigate her own shoddy body disposing. Also, I kind of enjoy the bitch cop in the bathroom just being all, no, dumbass, I'm not going to help you. LOL. Sarah and Cosima are so adorable together at the bar. Instant connection with those two. I really love that Cosima is all about finding out why the clones are getting ill. Gives her a specific reason for being. Raj, the IT guy. I need more Raj in my life. Allison's neighbor, she walks her dog in a hilarious thermal onesie. <laughs> yes, that was true. Crazy yeah, that was a crazy suburban yeah. weirdo. <laughs> also, we meet Allison's husband, Donnie. So their children are clearly adopted, which is intriguing for numerous reasons that I can't talk about. Sorry, LOL. Mrs. S. and her bird watching. I know it seems harsh, what she says to Sarah about taking Kira away, and my first time watching it, I was horrified. However, it's out of love for Kira and Sarah. She just wants her to woman up, be still, and act like an adult for once. Tough love, baby. Ha ha. Okay, anyone want to take over? Yeah. My Felix. Thea's tasked with babysitting Gemma and Oscar and turns it into a fabulous game of cross-dressing. LMAO. Uncle Felix is fun. Alice also, as a fellow voyeur, I appreciate his joy at listening to Paul and Sarah get intimate. It's real cute. Beth Childs taught Allison how to protect herself and her family, and Allie is very thankful to her for that. It was quite sweet to see Sarah acknowledge that it must be hard on Allie now that Beth is gone. I'd hate to meet Allison in a dark alley. She's crazy proficient with a gun. And it turns out the 75 grand that Art had been holding ransom is Allison's. Because money was the only way she could contribute to the clone club. Aww. I love when Allie says, Do you think you can con the bank? Um, yeah, I think she can because she has. <laughs> LOLZ. Serial killer clone. Great introduction to another clone, no? LOL. She's the doll head lever, cryptic caller, and religious fiend. She's the one f killing her fellow clones, but why? Does she think she's the original? Or is her crazy religious belief forcing her to destroy women it tells her are abominations? 
Who knows? It's certainly interesting, though. Why turn on your own family? Hmm? And she shot Art in the head. Well, technically grazed his ear. Can you imagine coming face to face with a version of yourself that looks completely bonkers? Your face, your body, and it's wielding a knife at you. It's clear that it freaks Sarah out and know she has this lie to keep straight, too. I love all three endings. Sarah outside, looking in on Kira and Mrs. S, Felix and Sarah having their sibling moment in the car, and the final ending. The killer managed to survive being stabbed with a piece of rebar. Quotes. Adios, dragsters. Fee. We really do need to find another word. Sarah. Regarding the word clone. LOL. And you can't hide in minimalist furniture. Fee. <laughs> from Simone. <laughs> we also, as we have been recording... We got a voicemail from Matt, which I'll try to play. He said he sent it in a hurry, and he didn't mean prerogative. He meant preference, speed feedback. So I'll try to play this. If it doesn't work, I'll paste it in later. All right, episode three of Orphan Black, Variation Under Nature. I think you're about three hours ahead of me, and you're recording about now, but maybe I can get this in on time. Uh, just a couple quick notes here. I don't have too detailed feedback, but uh, this is a really good one because we finally get to see all the clones kind of uh, interacting, getting a real good sense of their personality, rather than just the, like, the glimpse that we got in the pr- previous episode. Uh, first, yeah, that opening scene, wasn't that amazing? Having that one actress play those three parts... And just their their body posture, how they speak, it, uh, it's just remarkable. They they're so distinct. Yet it's just one actress. I can't get over it. So good. Um, okay, what else do we got here? Oh, do you guys think that um, Sarah's kind of I don't care about a clone. I don't want to. I don't want to know about uh, whatever. I'll just get the money and go. Do you think that's um, a believable reaction? Maybe it's a, just a defense mechanism. Like, she just can't even handle, contemplate the possibility. Personal, personally, if I found out that I had clones out there, it would be, like, all I could think about for, like, for you know, forget about it. I'm rushing this feedback because I want to make sure I get it in on time. Um, uh, the little touches of uh, Sarah not knowing the, the, the police codes, how to wear her gun holster... Very clever stuff, and I like that they got Allison in on the action, that uh, she had to teach Sarah how to use a gun, just like Beth had to teach her. Great way to bring that character into Sarah's plot, and I though I did find that she adapted or was too quick a study at shooting, because she had never fired a gun, and now she's a perfect shot. Okay, great. Um, art. Art exasperates me. It's her money. Give her her money. Ugh, that guy. I hate on television shows when characters go to bars and restaurants and they order drinks and then they never finish them. So I hope she finished that bourbon during the commercial break, but I wouldn't count on it because it looked like she was about to leave. And she hadn't even taken, but what, a sip? I don't know. Uh, The guy who plays Raj, the little techie guy at the police station, I know him from Degrassi, The Next Generation. He was one of the Bandari kids. Whatever it takes, I know I can make it through. So perhaps you guys uh, offered some theories during your 
podcast recording about who you thought the assassin was, did you suspect that it was another clone, or did you think it was maybe somebody who had manufactured the clones, or maybe someone from a rival? Maybe there's two organizations out there making clones, and this is from a rival organization. You probably talked about it on the podcast, but if you didn't, I'd love to hear your theories. How great is Felix? He is so amazing. I would have loved to have a babysitter like him. Well, he probably would have made me dress in women's clothing, so maybe not. Um, no, although, you know, hey, if that's your prerogative, good for you. And then Felix's reactions when Sarah and Paul were going at it, hilarious. He's the best. This show's the best. This podcast is the best. I'm going to give this one 8.5 out of 10 apartments designed with minimalist furniture. And sorry if this was rambling, but speed feedback. Gotta get it in. Adios, dragsters. Thank you, Matt. And thanks again for joining us, Katrin. Would you like to mention again your podcast and where you can be found online? Yes, my podcast is called McKinley Cast, and we are on iTunes. And you can follow me on Tumblr at funnierthanpolonium.tumblr.com. But if you are a newbie, don't don't do that. <laughs> that would be bad. Yes, I just said thousands of words on that one scene alone. So. Yeah. Well, I, that's not actually on my blog. That was a very long text message I sent to my friend Amber. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh. Okay, so join us next time for Season 1, Episode 4, Effects of External Conditions. Until then, remember, impaling someone with rebar isn't quite as effective as it looks. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Gemma, Oscar, this is Felix. Hello. Brilliant. So I'm going out for a couple of hours. So you be good. Mommy's going to be very upset. Okay? Same goes for you. So, what now? Your daddy have a drink, Strolly? What's that? Don't worry, I'll find it. You! You want to dress up like a little girl? No. Well, I don't have anything but you then. I'll dress up like a boy. We can work with that. So what, Stephen Hawking did it? Oh my god. Oh. Oh. She doesn't want to break up with Big Dick Pool. Oh, she smells it in a musk. You are stuffed. Oh, <laughs> holy shit. Oh, don't worry, I bet he's wanking already. Oh, he better be.